and welcome back to Performer Talks. Before we jump into this week's episode, I want to talk to you about Performing Arts Mag. Performing Arts Mag is a completely free online magazine specifically designed to help performers and performing arts-based businesses. Performing Arts Mag provides engaging, relevant and insightful content on the industry from leading professionals in the business. And like I say, it's all completely free and there to help make our industry more accessible for everyone. To download any of our free monthly editions, just head to the link in our show notes. And don't forget to check out Performing Arts Mag's website to keep up to date with all the latest theatre, film and TV news. A massive thank you for listening to our show. Don't forget, if you love this episode, please leave a review on Spotify or iTunes. Let's get on with today's episode. Today, I am delighted to be joined by the very talented Jack Dillon, who is an actor and musician. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. It's my pleasure. It's good to see you. It's so lovely to have you on. I know Jack personally, and he's such a lovely person, and he's got some great insights, so I was really excited to get him on the show today. Jack, for anyone who's listening at home, can you tell them a little bit about who you are and what you get up to? Okay, um, yeah, so I'm Jack, I'm an actor and musician, um, I get up, yeah, I get up to lots of things, I, I like to think, anyway, um, yeah, so I started off living down south um, in Kent, so I had like a fair bit of work in, in London and around London, and then, and then I went on tour, and then the world decided to stop, and then I ended up moving to Nottingham and I started to open up my horizons into like regional and community based theatre, which has been a, a fair bit eye opening, which I don't want to credit the, the, the pandemic for changing my life in a good way. But um, yeah, it's, it's been a nice eye opening sort of experience in enjoying different elements of the industry that aren't just London. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, you've talked about your journey, how you started down south. Just go into some of those things that you were doing and going away on tour and how that career has kind of mapped out. Mm-hmm. So um, so I went to Royal Holloway um, for university. Um, I tried out for drama school a couple of years in a row. And that didn't really work out for me because I, in hindsight, probably just wasn't ready for it. But um, I just wasn't prepared to be doing like the just year in, year out, keep plugging away. Because there's, there's that story of Judy Dench applying four years in a row. And I'm like, that's not for me. So I went to university and did uh, English and drama. And I met some really, really um, interesting and formative people in terms of my career. And so I got my debut in London doing some pub theatre work. Just a lot, a lot of that just through like knowing people I was being self-represented so it wasn't like I was going to any sort of huge auditions and then all of a sudden just landed this uh, European tour like a theatre and education tour going to like 10 different countries it was the dream job it was ridiculous it was the proper um, imposter syndrome thing of I'm getting paid to do that okay and then and then yeah I I met my partner and my current partner on tour and then so um, they're a Nottingham native and then so after the pandemic sort of kicked off but then started to bed down I we decided to move in together here and then 
worked a bit, self-represented for a bit, and then got myself an agent uh, in Nottingham. Well, they're based in Coventry, but they're a really, really cool agency, Red Talent Management, as, as you know. And um, yeah, I've just been doing some some weird, exciting things. Started um, Actors Workshop, which is a thing I've not really done that much of before, is just having a class week in, week out, sort of keep those juices rolling, and then hopefully a bit further on start doing some of my own work <laughs> yeah I've got things brewing that hopefully I'll be able to just start shouting to everyone hey I've made a thing come and watch this absolutely I mean creating your work is such a big part of this industry and it's mm. so great to get those creative juices flowing did you just have an idea that then you build on or were you looking to create something and thought this is something I'm passionate about I'm gonna go down that route yeah I think it was a mix of both really I think because because I had quite a comfortable position down south where I just knew people that were doing work and I could just jump on that so the sort of impetus to make my own work was never really there and then um I wrote this song that started off as just being like a a thing I'd worked on ages ago a bit of a mopey breakup song and then I thought let's take like the personal politics out of it how can this be applied in a more wide sort of um scope and then so I started looking at our relationship with the planet and how any breakup song is usually from the perspective of the wronged party and not the person who's done wrong, whereas in our relationship with the planet, it's definitely our bad. And then so I started writing different sort of things along that and along that sort of chain and then made this medley that I then presented to this um, Scratch Night hosted by Chronic Insanity, which are an amazing um, East Midlands company that I, I've worked with a few times. They're brilliant. And then I just went, here's a thing I've made. And then... Evie, who, who's my partner I, I live with, just went, you should just make a show. I was like, oh, okay. And then it, we just like, started throwing ideas out of, let's have a bike on stage. Let's have the bike charge all of the tech. Like, okay, yeah, that sounds really cool. And then, yeah, sing and act and cycle at the same time. I was like, oh, this is getting too, <laughs> getting too extreme already. But it's, too, it's, that, it's that really good thing, though, of just you'll have an idea when you're just out and about, whack that on the to-do list. Like, here's a stupid idea. Make this into a more cohesive thing. And then just, yeah, just having that boiling under, or not boiling, but just simmering under the surface while you're doing other stuff has been really good at just keeping your finger on the pulse of yeah I'm looking for work from other people but I do have the capacity to sort of make my own work have things to say you know stuff like that yeah and you're really good at um when you've got you've got really great insight into not just like the acting world but generally the world in general I agree with pretty much everything you say to be fair um socially you've got a really intelligent outlook and sometimes it brings a completely new perspective which I really like so I think your work is going to be so interesting because it's going to be a completely different way of thinking and that's one of the things you want to do as an artist is go away and make people think um so I think that's something you're really going to bring to the table so I'm really excited thank you to to watch But also, like what you were saying of finding inspiration, like just when you're out walking, for anyone who's creating their own work, would you say there's anywhere 
if they're wanting to get started, where are the best places to look? I think one thing that's been really helpful for me, especially, it's weird because I've moved somewhere new where it, I'm not trying to make it sound bleak, but not having as wide a social circle as I did when I was down south, because um, I lived there for about 20 years. I knew everybody. I, I would be able to take up my spare time just doing social stuff, whereas I've like had to find different things to occupy myself. And as much as I'm really passionate about theatre and just the arts in general, I think finding different things to occupy yourself so you're not just constant. Because if you if all you've got is theatre and the arts, as, as wonderful as they are, you will burn out. You will, I think you, personally, I will get disinterested in it. Whereas I've got different sports that I, I engage in, music as an art unto itself, sometimes whether it's to actually produce something and sometimes if it's just to occupy myself or just to have an outlet of something, I think that's something that's really helpful just because I know some people for whom I, c I can applaud the work ethic. If you can just keep grinding, that's amazing. But at some point, the burnout happens and I just would hate the idea to fall, it, fall out of love with my with my work before I've even got to the point of creating it, if, if you get what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, when we, when we describe ourselves as performers or artists, so many of us think that's all we have to do. That's it. We forget that we're human beings and we need other passions and hobbies and healthy things to do to take us out of that bubble so that we are more creative as the creative being when we when we get back into it so what would you say obviously you said you do other things outside of acting what do you do during the weeks when you don't have a contract on what do you do to focus on improving yourself and improving your craft so outside of um my other work um because that's that's something that i think is important as well is for people who are getting started in the industry, I think there's a bit of shame associated with doing other work that's not to do with the arts. I mean, the, like, because the classic thing is, oh, yeah, you just toiled away doing waiting work and all that stuff. So I work as a cycle technician, um, which is a skill that I picked up during lockdown. So that's what occupies me in some of my time, um, which is really handy because I've got to the point where if I'm repairing stuff, I know what I'm doing, so I can be thinking about other things, or I'll be listening to podcasts or listening to music. That might spark something. Um, on my days off, I will either just be looking for my own work. That's something that I might be doing. Um, I haven't been so much recently, but one of the things I do is I play Ultimate Frisbee, which isn't as cool as it sounds. Actually, no, it's cooler. It sounds really lame. <laughs> it's, got the worst, it's got the worst image problem of any sort of recreational activity ever. The fact that you've put Ultimate in the title just is <laughs> flagging something. But um, yeah, just like having that sort of thing, getting your serotonin moving in that sort of way, exercise, I think is really, really important for that. Um, I could be doing more. I could be exploring other art forms that I'm less good at. Like, I know I really enjoy drawing, but I'm terrible at it. So there's that thing in my brain saying, don't pursue that. You're not good at it. But you have to not be good at something to then get good at it. So that's something that I've been looking at as well. And, um, yeah, I think now the weather's getting a bit better, I think I'm going to be engaging more in, like, music video work of my own sort of stuff because... I, I live somewhere quite nice. I've just discovered a nature reserve. So I was like, oh, okay, that could be some filming location rather than just 
when it's really cold and grey and <laughs> all horrible. So yeah, I think, yeah, I outside of searching for contracts and stuff like that, I think making things just for the sake of making them, if it's bad, it's bad, that's fine. It's a thing, you made a thing, park it, leave it alone, or pick it up if you think it's got, you know, just a shred of value in it. <laughs> I love that and I love that it's like not directly not just taking class and practicing the self-tapes it's making things happen for yourself creating your own work and it's also doing things that are completely unrelated that work for you that you know works for you as a person exactly yeah because I that's what I I fear is if I just plug away at the craft then I'm not it's not that I'm not a person, but like, what else can you bring to it? Like, that's yeah. just like a classic active thing, isn't it? Is bringing some of your own experiences into whatever role you're playing. But if most of your experience is just grinding away, trying to get auditions, unless you're playing an actor or an artist, that doesn't really help you. So, um, yeah, just I think engaging in things, if you're bad at them, is I think the bravest way of doing that. Because at least you're, you're trying something, and I think yeah you've you've done yourself a disservice if you just don't try anything I yeah. think that's that and that's something that I'm working on as well that's not just a thing that I'm preaching from on high there are things that I'm not doing well and need to work on as well and I think that's that's important to at least know that you're not doing something properly well yeah I think that's part of being human and like you say it's a very brave thing to be willing to step out of your comfort zone because it's not comfortable but that is where the progress and the development happens and it's really difficult sometimes to be a beginner and when you know you're good at something else you just want to stick to that but it's okay to diversify and give things a go and be rubbish and that's how you grow and that's how you learn quicker exactly yeah which is what I, I've quite enjoyed about having a weekly acting class where the the subject matter isn't always particularly uniform it's not it's not just okay we're just doing screen acting bang 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 this is all we're doing because you'll get good at it and then then what happens whereas if they throw in okay now we're going to do improv it's like okay not really done much of that um let's be bad at that for a bit and then and then develop that and then jump onto something else it's it's good it's a it's a very dynamic sort of way of working it's not stagnant at all it's fat it's fab it's a, and obviously I've met some amazing people through it as well. Um, yeah, I I could just be plugging Actors Workshop because it's brilliant. <laughs> I plug it all the time, not not instinctively. It's just just something I do because I think it's such a fantastic safe space where people can be creative push the boundaries, do random stuff. Like you say, some weeks we'll do improv, some weeks we'll do more physicalization and some weeks we'll be doing script analysis and it varies week to week so you can never get comfortable. It's always a challenge. And I think that's so healthy as an artist to have, to be surrounded by people who will also just throw themselves in and just go for it because you never know what's going to come out of the class. <laughs> Exactly, that's it, because I think some some places come across as like they're just going to teach you how to act, which I think is a bit of an oxymoron. And if you're given the tools of just having the confidence in yourself, that's just most of it. It's just the ability to get past that barrier of, hey, I've thought of something to do or I've thought of something to say. Oh, I won't do that. If you just like break that barrier, especially in a rehearsal room, you sh you'll be fine. 
I mean, try and try and get it right on the night, but perfection doesn't exist. So you might as well just try it. Absolutely. And I also like what we touched on earlier in the conversation where you said it's almost shameful for people to have other professions. And I think it's so healthy for people to know, especially as you're starting out in this industry, the contracts aren't regular. You know, you will have big gaps between work. You will have months when you're out of work and you're auditioning and you feel like you're kind of keeping on this loop and nothing's really happening. But I think it's important to remember that side hustles are just as valuable when moving your career forward. I mean, I have like 10. It's just <laughs> just the way that it works so that I can function my career and afford to pay for training and afford to take the train to auditions or, you know, it, it's an expensive business. And it's just people always think this career is so unsustainable but it's very sustainable but you have to work out the methods that are going to be right for you that's it because i think a lot of that starts with when just people when they're properly starting out have that hesitance to say i am an actor or i am an artist i'm a musician um either because they because they tie earning money to that title which is a, a bit strange in my mind because like the the actual production side is what's valuable not the making money though obviously paying rent and bills is kind of essential but um the two things can exist you can be a barista and be a musician you can um work in a shop and also be an artist it's worked out for me because my chosen vocation outside of acting um is just snappy on all my socials it's actor musician cycle technician and, and so I just I've started to own that a bit more but um, yeah it's like you say just about having an awareness of of the industry because a lot because I know you've spoken before about um, when people feel like their parents aren't particularly encouraging of pursuing the arts because they don't think it's a viable career option and I think yeah it's about awareness and education of what the industry actually is because it just make it just feels like they only see it as there's lots of rejection and then there's being like a world-renowned movie star, whereas the ladder is ginormous. There's so many places in between it. You can be working consistently and then not have anything for two years. You could just be picking up everything now and again. You could have 10 side hustles, which I I, I think that's amazing because I can barely sort out one <laughs> in, in my in my schedule but um yeah I think that's what is really key I think and I think people if they have an understanding of how varied and how to be fair long the journey is I think they'll be less inclined to sort of drop out if they don't think it's happening mm. because it is and doors are always opening it's like a graph. The graph doesn't just go up. It's just going to go up and down like that all the time, no matter what sort of status or success level you hold um, in the industry, I think, yeah. And also it's like that thing, isn't it, of like, you know, you can hit a rock so many times and it's not the one hit that breaks the rock open. It's the continuous hitting of the rock, you know, that eventually causes exactly, it to yeah. break. And I think people don't, often I mean showing that journey is really difficult and it's something that I'm trying to do but it is really hard because like you say the concept is either rejection or world-renowned actor and they don't see the journey 
in between. <laughs> that's it. And I think that's that's such an admirable thing to try and share with people is not only raising awareness, but because um, I know I know part of your work is just showcasing different people's journeys. And I find that particularly um, inspiring because at first, when, when you're younger, you're thinking of like a roadmap of how I'm going to get to to what I deem success to be. Um, but I think if you, if the more you're exposed to different people's journeys, the more you're just like, there's loads of ways it can happen, and and it and it's true. And I think that that instills a bit of faith that it's just going to happen. Let go of how it does, because otherwise you'll just drive yourself insane. It's like um, I, and that, again, it's something that I do struggle with sometimes, um, where I, uh, I auditioned for something a little while ago, and I was really worried about whether I was going to get it because of how it was going to play into my other side hustle. And then eventually, through some counsel, I realised it's going to happen one way or the other. Me worrying about it won't have helped at all. If I, if I get the job or if I don't get the job, there's no part of me that's going to be like, oh, I'm glad I worried about that kind of thing, which I think is something that I've found really useful as well in terms of psychology to do with auditions is the whole like rejection thing as being a really bad thing. It's fine. The audition is your job. It's, there's a really brilliant um, video that uh, on YouTube of Brian Cranston giving his sort of philosophy on auditions that I would urge anyone to check out but to butcher and summarize it's basically the audition is your job the actual job bit don't lay any sort of claim to that someone gets it that's theirs it's fine but it's no skin off your back if someone else gets it so I think like sort of divorcing yourself from what is deemed as a massive success or a massive failure is just super helpful because otherwise you'll just your ego will just not let you be happy ever with anything. Absolutely. And the goal is to be happy. That's why we oh, yeah. pursued this is because we want to do something that we love. So you've got to always keep that passion alive and keep going. Mm. And if you do genuinely fall out of love with it, don't force it is another thing as well. Don't just, oh, I'm going to just keep plugging away. And if you're just really having a bad time, then just either quit entirely, take time off. That's fine. There's, there's people who have joined the industry much later in your life than you, so it's fine to just take a break. Absolutely, and I think that's so healthy to do. Acknowledge what makes you happy, and if this isn't it anymore, find what does, and you can return at any point. Doors aren't going to slam in your face. They will always be there when you decide if you want to come back, and you don't have to. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes doors close that mean you see another door. And if that door had opened, you wouldn't see the next one. If the next one is a more exciting, more fulfilling opportunity, you'd be glad that that first door closed. You can't obviously know at the time, and hindsight's an amazing thing, but just having those having those instances of like, oh, that was quite good, that didn't happen for me, will prepare you for the next time something doesn't happen and you don't immediately pin everything on that because, yeah, otherwise you're just living your life from one job at a time and your happiness depending on that one particular thing which is why I think expanding your horizons outside of the arts pick up a sport that sounds really silly or <laughs> or yeah everyone play ultimate frisbee that's yeah, what I'm trying to say you're just recruiting <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
yeah, play no. every Thursday. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's that's really, really helpful, I think, for people to know that there's other things out there. And what I'd really like to bust a myth on while we're here and busting all the myths of the industry um, <laughs> Obviously, we're both Midlands-based actors. Now, there's this huge thing that everyone asks me all the time, do I have to be in London? Or, like, when they're in the US, do I have to be in these big states to be able to make it as an actor? Or can I do it from other places? And I think it's so important to know that you, after the last two years, if we've learned anything, is that you can be anywhere in the world and make things happen. Yeah, I th- that that's such a huge thing because I, I I before the pandemic I was set on living in London. I was working out of London really frequently because I was living really close, and that was the sort of goal. Um, because as as you grow up, there's well, especially because I I used to live in Medway Towns, North Kent. Um, all you know is just the West End, all the big names and stuff like that, and that's just all you're sort of exposed to. Um, and having move to Nottingham because even after the pandemic that was the sort of goal but knowing that London wasn't fully open and operational it just didn't make sense to to spend the money that it takes to live in London also that's another thing London's so expensive don't force yourself if you can't afford it because that's just a huge thing as well but um yeah the, the difficult thing about knowing what's outside of London is it does take a bit of research it's something that I didn't fully know is that there's just amazing companies everywhere. Like, like I've mentioned Chronic Insanity, they're, they're just one. And there's lots of community work as well. Like um, uh, Nonsuch are a really good uh, company. You've got bigger theatres like the Playhouse, still have like education, outreach and stuff like that. Um, my partner Evie works on loads of facilitation and stuff. And just through her, it's, it's been a real eye-opener of just how much work there is. Because I, to be fair, I haven't lived in London, so I don't know what the community side of it is like it just feels very commercial and I think that that is sometimes a bit of a sour taste just because of what my beliefs are but I'm going to leave politics out of it <laughs> um, but yeah just knowing that value in the art doesn't immediately start and end with can the theatre make money or not and also I've got a bit of a thing about theatres casting huge names all the time because yeah, I know you've got to get people into the theatre after a pandemic, but don't complain about a lack of diversity in talent in terms of um, age, uh, gender, sexual orientation, race, and then keep casting the same people. And I just find the further away that you get from London, the less that happens. And it's so refreshing having people take a chance on different groups. Oh, this might not make as much money, but that's fine you're showcasing what your actual area is like, what your region looks like. I just think that's been amazing to see moving to a new place. Yeah, I think that's a really good point you made about obviously the talent is different and it's not a necessarily bums on seats name, as they call it, especially within local and regional productions. There's a lot more new talent and that's really, like you said, refreshing and nice to see new people and new talent. Mm, that's it, because you can develop your own sort of networks as well. Just like, and sometimes they're real ragtag groups of people. Like I've now started interacting with different poets and different musicians, and 
performative fortune tellers, real like fringe stuff. But it's I think it makes for a much more diverse and interesting um, working environment. I've not collaborated with any of them yet, but especially with that kind of fortune teller, it was it was a character called the Crone. It was amazing. It was a it was like a, a horror fortune teller, which I really want to hit them up to do some work. But yeah, just some real interesting stuff. And obviously, I I love my friends back in London, but I feel sometimes doing the thing that makes you feel comfortable isn't always the best thing because um, you 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 can just get in a rhythm and that works for some people, and for some people it doesn't, and that's also fine. <laughs> yeah, and like you said, London is incredibly expensive. So if if you just don't feel like that's an option, it's okay. You don't have to force yourself to do that. Mm, that's it. And if so, I think at some point in my life, I probably, if the journey takes me there, I'd be open to moving to London. But I just again let go of how that might happen. For example, my agent also has offices in London, um, and I've got bases in London. If I need to crash at friends houses it's not the first time that that would have happened it's just like lots of opportunity for doing that and I think being open to different places is great especially being in the Midlands because you're kind of equidistant from everywhere yeah rather than if so I had an audition in Manchester if I was getting from Kent to do that that would I'd hate that (laughs) if I'm going from Nottingham it's kind of easy and also trains from the Midlands to the north are way cheaper than trains from London to the north. Yeah. So that's my little hack (laughs) is if you don't live in London, the trains are a bit cheaper. Yeah, the the trains are cheaper, the rent's cheaper. Everything's a little bit cheaper than in London. Oh, yeah. But obviously London is like a creative hub. Are there any things that you really miss that you wish you had in the Midlands? Oh, I think I miss just seeing stuff so I try to make it a habit of when I was down south to try and see something at least every sort of two weeks because but I think that's kind of because it's a bit more necessary so if you're out networking and you don't really know what's going on that does put you at a bit of a disadvantage I think and it's not as necessary I think I found up here because it's all a bit more local um but I've, I've got some friends who are making work at the moment, for example, that I've just not been able to see, which has been a real shame. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll plug them. Uh, Shepherd Tone, they, they've got amazing work. They've just done like a scratch of a sort of immersive escape room show, which sounds amazing. And I couldn't go to it. <laughs> I was livid. But um, hopefully I'll, I will get to it a, a bit later. I think that's probably the thing that I miss is just, feeling like I've got a finger on the pulse but at the same time I do think I'd I'd be a lot more desperate in terms of trying to just cut I'd I'd definitely be doing 10 side hustles by now I think if I was living in London and just never sleeping I think that's my situation yeah yeah I mean I know many of my friends for them that that worked but they were doing three jobs just Mm. to be able to in the hope of getting in the room for one of these auditions and having the day off that would line up so that they could go to that audition and just afford to live there and for them luckily 
for some of them it really worked and for some of them it didn't and they moved back out and then commute in so I think it just depends on what's going to be right for you in the situation that you're personally in there's no right or wrong way of doing it I know everyone tells you you have to be in London but you don't have to be you can be if that works for you that's it and I think it's a a sort of act of naivety to think that you're going to be the same person further in the future and understanding that is really good it's like the classic thing changing your mind proves you've got one kind of thing um which i do hear quite a lot um because if you look at well pandemic aside if you took your what you were doing and what you thought about of life in general about two or three years ago you're a massively different person to what you are now and in all likelihood that's going to happen in the next three years as well so it might turn around and go i I don't want to live in London or I don't want to live in the UK. I'm going to move somewhere else. That could happen. It's not, I'm not necessarily planning for it, but knowing that that is a possibility just, I think is exciting. Not knowing, not knowing is great. I love it. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, that is one of the things I've personally struggled with is I'm such a planner. Like I love to know what's happening so I can plan ahead and be like as ready as I possibly can be. But that's one thing I've had to learn is this career is not meant for planning. Like if you choose this path, you're going to have to learn to go with the flow. And it's still something I'm working on now. I've gotten a lot better at it, but it is very much of, I don't know where I'm going to be in three months time, six months time. Like People ask for my availability a year in advance for different projects. And I'm like, I literally cannot tell you where on this planet I am going to be. (laughs) And my, my dad loves the idea of me buying a house where because (laughs) what if i am in shanghai next year like that's not gonna work um exactly so yeah it's just i understand the prospect of that but for me there's no point in investing in something when i don't know where i'm gonna be Mm. you know i think yeah one thing that would be good is just like combining those two modes of working because um that that's one thing that i'm trying to develop in my sort of professional life is getting that planning bit down I've heard like how you break down okay here's the goal in a few years here's how I break it down into a year here's what I need to do in this month and that's what I personally need to work on I think I'm probably in a unfairly fortuitous position um, in that I've got the I can just do stuff on the fly but I just need to learn to be a bit more business minded and be a bit more which is most of the industry to be fair is like the actual business outside of acting um, whereas telling a planner to let go of planning is way harder. Yeah, well, literally, <laughs> I've live, got I my journal here, like, so bad. with everything you've just said, like, all of it is with me all the time because I just need to need to know what I'm doing, you know, but That's in it. a let go kind of way. <laughs> That's it. It's like, it, it, comes across, it comes across as the most unhelpful, patronising advice of just let it go, just chill and... It's never helpful, <laughs> but sometimes it, it is true. Yeah, I think you've just kind of got to go with the flow and see what, where opportunity takes you. Um, That's it. So obviously you do a lot on kind of acting, creating music, all those kind of things, and you sound like you've got a lot of exciting stuff in the pipeline. So where can people go to follow you and keep up with your journey? So... 
Um, in terms of my content, probably best place to look is my Instagram, which is at another Jack Dylan, D-I-L-L-O-N. I got that name because there was a Jack Dylan, so I'll just be another one. Um, so, yeah, the main the main thing I'm working on at the moment is um, it's a kind of under, it's undefined in terms of its structure. It's an eco thing. So if you want to follow my journey of what that thing is, Instagram is the place to go. And then in terms of more formal, up-to-date stuff with my career, just there on Twitter is at Jack Dylan Actor. Um, so that's probably the best places to look. I think, yeah, my Instagram's a bit more weird. But you can discover as I discover, which is fine. <laughs> I will make sure I get all those links in the show notes. So if you are struggling on where to find Jack, just go to the show notes of this episode and all the links on how you can follow him and follow his journey and his work will be in that those show notes. So definitely go and check that out. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. You have busted Thank so you. many myths and I love that you've come on. <laughs> what advice would you give to aspiring artists before you go? Is there anything that you think I would love to say this to them? What would your advice be? Know your value. I'd, I'd say don't let the fact that you enjoy performing take over the fact that it is a skill you're working years to develop it. And then so if someone thinks they can come along and say, oh, you enjoy this, so you'll be happy to do this for free, don't take that. Sometimes free work is fine, especially, it's all it's all obviously up to context and, and situation, but I think that's the thing to get in pretty early. Always ask for, always ask for money, and if they're, and if they're all offering money, try and ask for a bit more. Because all they can say is no. They're not going to uh, take that as, as an offence yet. Know your value. You have skills. You're not just doing this for fun. It is a job. And they've got to recognise that. That is such great advice. Thank you so, <laughs> so much for taking the time to come on the show. It's been a pleasure to have you. Pleasure for me. Thank you very much. Thank you to all the listeners at home. Thank you to Jack for coming on the show. And if you need anything else, please check the show notes because all the links will be in there so you can follow Jack, so you can find our free performing arts magazine. So we hope this episode has been really beneficial for you. I've been your host, Bethany Unwin, and this has been Performer Talks. Thank you so much for listening to Performer Talks. You can head to the link in our show notes to download your free copy of Performing Arts Mag now. You can also head to the show notes to get in touch with Bethany at the Performer Journals on Instagram. If you enjoyed this episode, please do not forget to head to Spotify or iTunes where you can leave us a review. A review helps make the industry more accessible by releasing our podcast to more performers and helping them get the help they need for free. Thank you so much and have a wonderful day.